1: Welcome to Candidly Keisha. It is Friday again. I am so excited. Um, I've been talking about this guest for like the last couple weeks. And you know, she was very, very busy. And I'm very happy that she's made (laughs) time for me today. um, Because I knew this would just be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Calling in from New York, I'm guessing. Yeah. Are, we, are we in New York? Is Miss I am in New York. Bevy Smith, welcome. So, for Thank those you, of you, Keisha. so those of you, um, Bevy has done so much in her life. She currently has her own show on Sirius called Bevelations, which is very much like Handily Keisha talking about from politics to. Um, it's basically, I really loved how you said that it was your way of sharing with your listeners and your fans, the conversations that you have with your friends. Yes.
0: And that's really, no, go ahead. It's just a, a, just an intimate kind of glimpse into my life, you know, from, you know, I'm based here in New York and I have like, you know. My background is in in high end fashion, mm-hmm. and you know I work in TV, and you know I'm a writer, and I do all these amazing things. But I also live in Harlem, and I'm born and raised there. So my show is just kind of like an amalgamation of my crazy but fun life.
1: I love it. Yeah, of course. Um, so many of us remember Bevy on Fashion Queens with Atlanta's own Ms. Lawrence and Derek J. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was so much fun. But before that. Um, when I was, one thing that I really loved is that, um, when I was kind of doing my little research on you, I love that you completely reinvented yourself at 38 at 38, you know, you were vibes, fashion editor, correct. You had done so many amazing things, rolling stone. Um, and you just decided that you wanted to do something different. You changed your name, made it your brand, and you've kind of never looked back. Tell me about that.
0: Yeah, you know, Keisha, it was one of those things where I was living a very fabulous, high-flying life. I was in Milan and Paris six times a year for the men's, women's um, shows. And, um, you know, I was, you know, I had all the relationships at all the big fashion houses. So it's like, you know, I would come, um, you know, I would get off the plane first class, of course. I would have a regular car and driver come and pick me up. I would go to, you know, a $2,000 night suite, where they knew me, and, and I would come into my room and there would already be gifts there from the House of Dior or Gucci or Prada or Vuitton and all the rest of it. And one day at around 35, I just had a full breakdown when I got off the plane. And I was like, I don't like this anymore. I don't want this to be my life. And I just, it wasn't so much that the, the trappings were nice, But I felt that it was a golden cage. It was a gilded cage. And I felt like I was being suffocated. And I felt like, you know, there are a lot of people that live very fabulous from the outside lives. But inside, they're empty, they're hollow, and they're not very pleased with themselves. And I didn't want to be one of those people. And so I didn't know how I was going to change my life, Keisha, but I knew I was going to. And that just started the, like, that just started me on the path to where I'm, I'm I'm on now.
1: I love it. I love that you said you didn't know how. And I feel like that's so powerful for so many people to hear because so often we know that, okay, this isn't working. I desire something different. But we get caught up in the process. We get caught up yeah. in the, I have no freaking idea how I'm going to get there. Yep.
0: Yeah. And it cripples people, right, Keisha? Like... So many people want to make a change, but because they don't have a solid, and I'm doing with air you know, air quotes, they don't have a solid plan. They just stay stuck in the same space where they have been. I and, know. you know, I always believe nothing ventured, nothing gained. So for me, it was very important and imperative for me to at least start the process. And, you know, I, I was very blessed along the way. I had a lot of people that really kind of saw things in me that I didn't necessarily see in myself. You know, mm-hmm. it was really... When I was overseas doing all the um the fashion work with vibes, that people started telling me that I should be on T V and I didn't really I didn't take them seriously and I was like, Yeah no and and then people kept telling me that. But what was so interesting, Keisha, is that I fought that idea for a long time. And I'm sure you understand that yeah. when you know, you something is right in front of you and you fight it. Now, I'm sure that's happened to you before. And your angels are talking to you like,
1: come on now. I keep trying
0: to tell you. I need you to listen. Exactly. (laughs) I need you to listen, right? Yes. I'm just fighting it. And I'll never forget, I tried to do, I tried to create a new job for myself within Vibe. Because I just didn't want to leave Vibe because it was my happy space. It was my comfort zone. And it was my family. And I just didn't want to leave. So I was like, well, maybe it's not vibe that's making me unhappy maybe it's the job so maybe if i change my job description Mm -hmm. then it'll be okay but god is so good keisha because when i went to try and like remix my 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 job at Mm vibe it was i was hit with a resounding no
1: yeah isn't it funny a a real a good friend of mine always told me it's crazy how we always trying to try to find the living among the dead And in in saying that, it's like we try to create what we feel it should look like in the space that is our comfort zone. But what I know is that growth, it doesn't happen in your comfort zone. It's that space outside of it where you really blossom, where you really grow. And that's honestly, if it's not a little uncomfortable, that's probably not where you're supposed to be.
0: Yep. Spot on, Keisha. (laughs) But I'm telling you, baby, I wish I could tell you that, you know, at 35, I was like, yeah, I'm not happy, I'm changing, it's a remix, What? it took me three years to come to that, though. Right. You know, and it took three years of really introspective work, which I know that you know a lot about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important to be self-aware. It took me three years to, like, you know, just prime myself, and by that, I mean, I just started saving my money, I started being really strategic about The way I wanted people to describe me, you know, once upon a time, it was always, oh, my gosh, you must know Beverly from Vibe. And and when I came back from that trip, after I had that full-on breakdown in in Milan, I came back with, uh, I want you to introduce me as Bevy Smith, who happens to work at Vibe. Got it. I don't want to leave with Vibe, because that's not my brand. Somebody else owned that right
1: <laughs> you see what i'm saying <laughs> oh that was so classic so what is it that you did to feed your spirit how did you strengthen um because you know it really comes from the inside out and you yep. had the the epiphany that okay it's time for me to do something different this isn't what i desire to do anymore but at that point what did you do to kind of feed your spirit to give you the strength and to quiet yourself enough to know the direction you needed to go in?
0: Okay, so I love that question because I actually have a, 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 um, a self-help kind of speaking of, uh, event that I do called Life with Vision. Mm. And there are certain brand tenants I do. Actually, I'm, I'm flying out to L.A. to do it for um, CAA. Okay. You know, creative artist agency. Mm-hmm. I do it from a corporate space, and I do it for you know just people. You know what I mean? Right. But um, in life revision, I talk about the tools that really help me to move. Now they're kind of it's it's a really some of the tools are like you've heard before, and some of them are gonna be weird.
1: No, I, listen. You're talking. You don't you don't know me that that well, but nothing's weird to me. So go for
0: it. Okay. Okay. So the first thing is the four agreements.
1: Yes, Don Miguel Ries. Love the book.
0: Yes. Love the book. Was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, you know, I'll never forget there was one passage which was, like, you know, always do your best, but know that your best is subject to change. Yeah,
1: it depends and on where like, you are and who you are in that day, in that in moment. That
0: day. Because so many of us are competing against our old selves or ourselves from, like, last week or... No, you got to give that up because you're will. you you're chasing a ghost. That's mm-hmm. already happened. So do your best in this space and in this moment, based on the circumstances, but always show up and do your best. Yes. So that was really liberating for me. Um, and also, you know, kind of speak with integrity.
1: Yeah, so, always don't put, be impeccable with your you word. Know,
0: yes, exactly. And don't put negativity on your words, even about yourself. Like so
1: that's can you go say that again? Because I feel like that's a key point that a lot of people miss is that you're quick to buck if someone calls you something out your name, but you don't realize the self sabotage that you do behind your eyes and between your ears. Um, you yes, know, indeed. what it is that what is the tape recording that you're telling yourself and that's what has to change first.
0: That is exactly what has to change first. So if you're telling yourself, Oh, I was never good at public speaking or, oh, um, my butt ain't big enough to, like, uh, get a man or, you know, whatever the craziness that you tell yourself. Right. That becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And they're so always cannot... someone with a bigger
1: booty, so you can't be worried about all that. <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think that that's something so real, and, and sometimes I like to just break it down to the most basic common denominator, and mm-hmm. it's like I have so many amazing girlfriends who are accomplished. I have two girlfriends who are in their 40s who are very accomplished women who have had booty things done, and I'm just like I don't get that, because you know, yeah, you don't need that
1: Girl, to, I'm going to be silly whole, for a second but it always perplexes me this piece of it. People getting stuff ejected in the asses and all the asses in the faces, and I'm like <laughs> when you are 65 years old, what in the hell is that going to look like? And what if it migrates to your upper arm? How is that going to work out for you? (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff is like, you know, it's self-sabotage, and it's never going to fill the hole in you. You got to do the work on yourself and not on your physical self, but on your spiritual self. So the Four Agreements was a big part of that. I also read amazing books. Um, called the artist way.
1: Okay, the artist way. I haven't and, read that. I'm gonna have
0: to read that. One. Oh, it's, Oh, yeah. It's so good. It really helped me. It liberated me. Um, it gave me the permission to say that I was an artist, mm. and to um, and it taught me. It got me into the um, the discipline of writing every single day. So I write every single day now. Yeah. Um, and there's something called morning pages, and you write three pages of unedited just musings, and you don't critique it. You don't reread it after you read it. Like stream of
1: consciousness.
0: It's a stream of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something that really helps. And then they have these things called artist dates where you go by yourself and you remember what you really loved in your core and your spirit. So some of the artist dates that I've done is, like, I love one-woman shows because I want to do one. So I've gone to see a myriad of one-woman shows and one-man shows. Um, I did... I did. I took a DJ class. I took a photography class. Do you know
1: what? I love Um, that because everything you're saying, I haven't read the book, but there are things that I do and my friends, what you're saying, we call it get a life. Like so often, yeah. you know, how people are like, well, I want to do this or, you know, I don't have any friends or, well, personally, if you don't have, that's a whole nother story for another day. Right. I have some amazing friends, but ultimately it's about doing the things that you enjoy of life. And when you do those things, you're, you'll find and you'll meet people who have synergy with you, who also enjoy yeah. those things. And in that way you can increase your friend circle, um, increase, increase the people who you have something in common with. So that's so, so yeah. very important.
0: Yeah, and it's a, and in a healthy way. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You guys are connected on something beyond like a handbag. Girl, your shoes is cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, um... I, I'm against so much of that. It's so funny, Keisha, because you know I work in fashion and I have a lot of access, mm-hmm. and I'm a lot of stuff. I don't care. It ain't that deep for me. Yeah. So I always find it really interesting. When people go on and on and on about stuff, I'm like, "Cause it guess don't really what? Matter.
1: That stuff you can't take it with you." And one thing that I've also learned is that there's going to be some new stuff they're going to try to get you to buy next week because that's going to be exactly. old. This is going to be new. This was resort such and such, but yet this is summer. Yeah. This is da 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 da, da, da 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 da. It's it's a never-ending cycle, and you're if you're always trying, there's always going to be something more to consume.
0: Well, that's the perfect way to describe it, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love sure. it. I love it. I'm so happy. It's funny. I don't know if you know, but like, I do a lot of uh, speaking um, on the college circuit level. Um, I do going to different colleges and universities and speaking to the students there, uh, very much what you're doing on the corporate level. And I love it. Um, I think it's just so important because at every stage, it's something necessary that people need to hear. Um, from you know that level of, okay, I've gone to college now, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Because mm-hmm. so often they don't realize how young they are and that you're not going. no one has it all figured out at 21 nope. years old. Who you are at 21, nope. granted the essence, the core of who you are is the same, but you're going to continue to grow and evolve. And who you are at 21 isn't who you are at 25, at 30, at 35, and so on. So you don't yep. have to have it all figured out at that exact moment. Nobody does.
0: Nobody does.
1: Nobody but does. But people
0: put pressure on themselves to do that.
1: I know. It's crazy. But, you know, you've reinvented, and so often I feel like people don't do it out of fear, out of fear of the yeah. unknown of what will happen. And what I can say, babe, looking at your Instagram, you be kicking it. I'm not mad. <laughs> you may have had fun in Milan and at this show and that show, but I love seeing people enjoy the fullness of life.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, I'm a big about. believer in um, glass half full philosophy. I have a great life. Um, it's a totally different life than the old life that I have. But it's so funny because when I quit my job finally at 38, um, I said to my publisher of Rolling Stone, I said, and he said to me, oh, Beth, I can't believe you're quitting. You know, you're on a fast track to become a publisher. You know, you're about to, you know, you're you're already making great money. You're about to make, you know, so much more. When I looked at him with, in full euphoria, with no shade or malice in my heart, I said the money that I'm making now will be a drop in the bucket, bucket compared to what I will make when I hit my stride in my new life.
1: Well, take that. Well, was, that listen, was, listen, I am so not mad. But on that note, I want to come back and hear the rest of the story. But we have to take a really, really quick break. Stay tuned. Candidly Keisha Moore with Miss Bevy Smith. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back to Candidly Keisha. We have more with Miss Bevy Smith. We also, of course, have Shardy in the studio who's always here. Shardy, you have been real quiet over here, even <laughs> just taking it all in. I'm not mad at you. But um, I love that. I love how you said two tears in a bucket bucket. I'm about to do this <laughs> yeah, thing. Exactly.
0: I'm not going to do it.
1: (laughs) Have you run into them after, like, what was it like the first time you ran into them after everything?
0: Oh, my God. It was so awesome. First of all, you know, we all have, like, Facebook and all that stuff. So it's so lovely to see so many people that were naysayers. Mm -hmm. Because I don't call people haters. I call them naysayers. That were naysayers. Hit me up on Facebook or on social media. Oh, my God. I'm so proud of you. You did it. It's so insane to me. And and one thing I, w- I do want to say, Keisha, to your audience is, you know, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. So when people come back to you, when they have to double back, when you prove people wrong, don't gloat. Be gracious with it. Yeah. Give them more grace than what they gave you when they doubted you.
1: I love it.
0: It don't cost me nothing to be gracious to those same people that were like, you'll be back. I cannot tell you how many white men told me because... The position that I had at Rolling Stone, I was the only person of color in the executive ranks, mm. and I was the only woman. And so, these white men could not believe that this black girl from Harlem was walking away from all of this prestige and all this money. Now I was like, uh-huh, you must not know about me. You must not know about <laughs> me. They and know I, now. I, and then I was like, I, yeah, exactly, I can show you better than I can you know, tell you. But, it, but now, you know, it's so funny because I just had dinner with my, um, the last person who was ever my boss had dinner with his girlfriend. I was at a fashion dinner just like last night with Pharrell. Mm-hmm. And um, she happened to be there, and we just happened to be sitting next to each other. And she was like, oh, you know, he loves you so much, talking about the ex-boss and everything. And he was a really great guy to me. And I always used to say that, you know, in another place, in another time, I would have loved to have worked with him, but that wasn't the place and the time I had to go. You know what right. I mean? And that's something else I would love for people to understand. Just because your situation looks great from the outside, just because people wait. You know how they always say, oh, I would die to be in that position. Right. Okay, well, then let them die to you, be in you, that position. You can have it. Because I'm dying to get out of that position.
1: I love that it's so important to... Be your authentic self. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether people get it or not, because I'm sure you had many people who told you or you were crazy, who were like, why are you doing this? Like you have everything you worked for and this and that and so forth. But you have to listen to that inner voice within yourself, because at the end of the day, you have to look you in the mirror. And yep you are accountable for the decisions that you make. And if you it's always when you do something that someone else tells you told you to do that you just it didn't really quite fit right, but you were like, okay, let me listen, that's when it always goes left.
0: Yeah. It always goes that's left. When it always goes left. And And I just I just refuse to kowtow to like you know, the traditional kind of value system. And and what was also interesting is And this something else I would love for your audience to to take in. Mm -hmm. I let my past, uh, my past successes fuel my future successes. So meaning, I was never supposed to be a luxury fashion executive in your way, based on the fact that I'm black. And, you know, very few people, black people, are luxury fashion.
1: You're not anorexic.
0: I'm I'm not (laughs) anorexic, Right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not a skinny white bitch. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm, that's the other way to I'm say from, it. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. I'm not from a money family. I'm from Harlem. And I walked through every single foreign country I was in and represented Harlem to the fullest. I because love it. Something I always tell people. About, you know, you mentioned it earlier about being authentic. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Can I just tell you how much money there is in being authentic? So much. Because when Harlem began to change, you know, now we're in the middle of this full gentrification, all this kind of stuff. Right. So there's all these corporations that are coming in, and they have lots of money to spend, and they're looking for ambassadors. Who you think was one of the first people they called? <laughs> Old Brown <laughs> Bevy. Because I've been representing Harlem forever and a day. <laughs> but I also how to do corporate speak. Exactly. So I made money off of my love of Harlem. You made made money off of being
1: authentically who you are. And I think the key is that a lot of people don't realize when you're living in your purpose, you're being authentically who you are. They seek you out.
0: Yes, they do. They They do. They want a little taste of it. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> so
1: tell me, tell me, so what's next? What's, what you working on with, and it doesn't even have to be about work. What's going on in life? Like, give me a nugget that I feel like you have such an amazing, big, vivacious personality and people are so, you know, we know what you're doing from a professional realm and you kicked ass professionally for, for your whole life. So what is Bevy like at the house on a Saturday afternoon chilling in some sweatpants?
0: Well, it's never really that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're like, well, I don't do sweatpants, but you
0: know. So whatever your version of that is. It's never really that. But you know, here's the thing, Keisha. I'm super close with my family. Mm -hmm. My parents are 88 and 91. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're my little angels. They live 20 blocks away from me. So every weekend, there's a visit with them. You know, Mm -hmm. if I'm out of town, like I'm about to go out of town, I'm going to go and spend some time with them today because okay. that's just the way it works with me like my family is comes first I have four nephews I have a niece you know mm-hmm. I'm grooming them my nephew um has been coming down with me to the essence music festival and interning since he's been like you know 18 19 years old now his little sister who's 21 is going to be she's the next generation so she's coming down with me to essence I love it um And so that's awesome. So my family is really, really important to me. I have an abundance of love in my life. So Mm. real quick, I am single, (laughs) but I am loved.
1: And, you know, I love that you say that because I feel so many people, they feel like if you're like you have to be married, you have to be attached to someone, a significant other in order to be loved and, and live a full life. And that's not necessarily true. Like, if that's what you choose, that's what you choose. But it doesn't leave a gap if it doesn't exist.
0: Right. And and here's the thing. I want to be in a big monumental relationship. But I don't want to, I will not be in a surface one. I won't be in a transient one. Right. Whenever I see women that have different big bold relationships, uh, you know, every other year, I'm like, okay, girl, I don't don't really believe that you had that much love in you for like ten men in the span of ten years. Like that don't work like that. You know what I mean? But I really don't. but it's true, Keisha. Hilarious. No, it's one thing to be in big long term relationships. Uh-huh. Get out of that one. Meet somebody else that captivates you. Do another one. You know what I mean? Stuff happens in relationships that every day is not going to last forever. And
1: you know what? you got to keep it moving because I'm not one of those people who feels like, like, you know how some people are like, well, you have to, there's a, you have to mourn and there's a period where you have to be sad. Why the hell I got to stay home and be sad? Why can't I enjoy <laughs> life? I'm going to keep it moving.
0: You're going to keep it moving. Keep it moving. So would you ever get married? Yeah, but yeah, 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 I would. <laughs> I would. I have to thank you, sir. You already know. You in this entertainment business, I cannot tell you, and you see it now, and I just read something on Instagram, but somebody that's in your town, and their beau just wrote a whole thing about how, you know, he just didn't have enough for her, that's a real thing. Mm. Women that are very successful, women that have an alpha female kind of perspective, I don't know that women like that do well with men that don't have parity as far as, like, you know, um, um, that men need their own space, their their own domain where they can also be the king. Yeah. If every room that you go into, you're the star, and there's never a room where he gets the sign, I don't think that that's healthy.
1: Well, the thing is, is that work is, well, I can only speak for myself in that work is work, and, when I'm home, I'm. it's nothing about any of that. I'm Keisha. Um, I don't cross-contaminate the two. And yep. a lot of times I feel the mistake that powerful, busy women make is that the same rules don't apply. The same way you run a business is not the way you relate mm-hmm. to your significant other, your family, or a household. And you have That's to be right. able to separate the two. And understand, you know, that when you're handling business, this is business self. But when you go home, it's, honey, what do you want for dinner? Right. And you have to be, and it's something that you have to desire to do, though. You have to want to do that.
0: You have to want to do that. It can't be forced on you. But also, I think, too, just real hardcore economics, if you're making $1.5 1.5 million, and your dude is making 35,000. Yeah, I can see how that
1: see, could be a little bit of a that could that could
0: that could that could, that could
1: be a little challenging.
0: <laughs> well, it's gonna be a lot challenging because guess what? You want to live your 1.5 million dollar lifestyle. Your man could want to give you everything in the world, but he's bound by his salary. Mm-hmm. And then you know what I mean? It's okay, but I want him to come. So now you find him first class. Because you fly first pass. Now you're saying in the hotel, you know, it's all these things. And then I think men start to feel emasculated. I think we've seen that time and again.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I see both sides of the coin. Absolutely. And, you know, ultimately, that's why I feel it's important to just be authentically who you are going into it. And, you know, being very clear about this is who I am. And also, you know, doing the work on you from the inside, because I do believe we're all... Um, not just magnets, but mirrors in Mm -hmm. who we are on the inside and who the person who we are is also what we attract. Yes. So if you don't like, I always say, if you don't like your view or if you don't like what's surrounding you, it ends and it begins with you.
0: You're the common denominator. I totally agree. that's why for me, I also have an unshakable faith that has seen me through this entire journey. And so I have that same unshakable faith about the way God will send me someone who is right for me. Absolutely. So I'm at the thirst bucket. You can't slide <laughs> up in my DM with your shirt off, with a six pack. And I'm going to be like, oh, yes. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's not even what I'm looking for. Oh, can we talk about this? DM is so reckless.
1: This DM is DM a problem. Is crazy. It's a problem. I don't understand it. And then the funny thing to me is that fools continue to get catfished with this stuff. Like, these pictures, (laughs) they don't understand. These women are photoshopping. They have so many apps for that. It's crazy. Crazy. It's it's magic. It's magic. Magic just getting full left and right with these people sliding and folks DM. What happened to meeting somebody it on the you know like by between mutual friends or meeting someone right. at a coffee shop or <laughs> can I meet you in person? Let's not meet yeah.
0: On, online. Yeah, and the, but the DM is just so crazy because the DM is so sexually reckless. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And um, I'm not interested. Crazy. Excuse me, guys. Crazy. I'm just not interested. So, you know, for me, I think it's about, like you said, cultivating your own life mm-hmm. so that when your person shows up, you're, you're ready. good. Not only and are you you're ready, better, but you can recognize them. You can recognize them. So I always like to say, you know, my life right now is cake. My dude is going to be icing. Mm-hmm. Cake is really good with no icing. It's really good. <laughs> And it tastes even better with some icing. So, I feel yeah. you, because so often I feel like
1: people are running around looking for someone to complete them. When that's not what it's about, you have to be a complete person first.
0: Yeah, and then and that's too much pressure on someone. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine someone needing you. That's what you do with your kid. Mm. You know what I mean? That's that's what you do with a child. You shouldn't have to care for someone and be in control of their happiness.
1: Absolutely. Happiness a is a B. choice, and it comes from within. And I always, always, always say that. That's so crazy. Can I tell you, I have so enjoyed talking to you today, and <laughs> I appreciate you. you. I'm glad that we were able to connect. I look forward to talking to you offline. We're going to have to next time <laughs> I'm in New York. You're in Atlanta.
0: I'm looking for dinner. Miss Lady, please I'm thank done. you. <laughs> <laughs> Done, well, Angel, Thank you so much for having me on Candidly
1: Keisha. This absolutely. is a blast. Absolutely. And tell ever, to please tell our listeners where they can, you know, revelations and everything, whatever else you have coming up, where can they find yeah. you on Instagram?
0: Are you on yeah, Snapchat? I'll, all of it. Okay. So all of my social media is at Bevy Smith, B E V Y Smith. And then I have a radio show on Sirius XM or Andy Cohen Station, which Radio Andy. It's on Sirius Channel 102, and my show is called Bevelations. It comes on every day at 5 p.m., and it's, um, you know, all celebrities and pop culture and just all kinds of good stuff. I've had everyone on from Kate Hudson to Grace Jones to Lee Daniels, so it's good stuff. Um, And then I have a podcast that's just for women called Bevy Says, and you can find that on play.it. And um, yeah, oh, and then I have Wendy Style Squad. I'm on a show with Wendy Williams. Oh called yes, I've seen that. Okay. Yep. Well, you just so did that it. show. No. Yeah, and then I have one other show with Andy Cohen. That's on BravoTV.com. Called you know, Bevy talks to Andy, where I interview him after he does Watch What Happens Live, and talks to all those crazy ass celebrities and housewives. <laughs> I, I, I find out the real tea about he really thought about those people.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm going I did not know about that one. I knew about the rest. Yeah. That is probably That's a new one. That's hilarious. New one. Oh, well, again, thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you all for for tuning into Candidly Keisha today. We will be right back here next Friday talking some craziness again. But thank you, Bevy, <laughs> and love you thank lots. You
0: babe. Okay. okay. Bye babe. Bye.